What up, everybody? Sultan of Strangles here, a.k.a. the Kimura King, a.k.a. the Ayatollah of Ankle Locks. Um, so this episode is going to be about running my gym one month review. Tomorrow will be one month since I've opened my gym and I've blown away my own wildest expectations as far as membership. I've blown away my own expectations as far as how much I was able to help people and also how much uh, good that I would do for my own well-being and how much happiness I would bring into my own life from this. Um, uh, If you checked out my last episode with Frank Rosenthal, he says the most awesome thing. I tell him, yeah, running a gym, I thought it was going to be this easy thing where I teach jujitsu and everyone thanks me but he said nope it's actually more like you're running a psych ward and you're the only warden there and yes it is exactly that um and I fucking absolutely love it today I'm going to go over many bullet points on how I do things differently than your traditional gym and how I believe that these are what are leading to my success in running a gym. Uh, My students are not your average student, man. My students are super loyal. They fucking love me. I love them. Uh, I care about them much more than just jujitsu. I want them to succeed in life. Um, And it shows, you know. We are much more than a team. It's very much so like a family, like, For example, my buddy, uh, one of my students' car broke down on the highway and another one of my students who doesn't even really know him decided to travel freaking an hour to pick him up and bring him to class. I had a student whose car got totaled on the way to class. He gets the car towed to a junkyard and still comes to class. Like, this is the type of letter, level of dedication that I'm seeing from these people. And it's because I am not just an instructor. Uh, I don't know what word to use. I really don't want to use the word life coach because it reminds me of fucking Tony Robbins and Gary Vee. But I feel like I'm much more than just a coach. If you miss a class, I don't wait till 20 classes to send an automated email. Where have you been? We missed you. If you miss one class, you're getting a text from me. Where you been, buddy? You know, you're competing soon. I don't know what's going on. And sometimes it's, hey, bro, you know, fucking my grandma has Alzheimer's and fell down the stairs. I'm at the hospital. And I'm like, I'm very sorry to hear that. If you need any help, I'm there for you. So not only <clears throat> not only does this become a coach relationship, it becomes a friendship like when you're there for your students for more than just jujitsu, they're literally willing to fucking, they're willing to do anything for you, as such, such as bringing you in new students, bringing you, um, promoting your gym, promoting you. And that's not why I do it. I do it because I genuinely care. But just like Sun Tzu, Art of War, just like the Iranian general, Nader Shah Afshar, if you treat your students, your soldiers, like family, 
they will literally go to the end of the world for you. And that is super important for you guys to understand. Not everyone wants to think like this. Um, I know that for many people, it's a business. When I see a lot of these schools, it's an instructor. He's got a pot belly, doesn't really roll with his students, never competed in a jujitsu tournament before. Do you really, is this really your passion, bro? Should you really be running a jujitsu gym, bro? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know that this is my passion. This is what I want to do with my life. And I absolutely fucking love it. I absolutely love it. It is the most rewarding feeling in the world to just see someone do good in life and that you're a main reason for that happening. So sit back, relax, and get ready for the episode. In opening my own gym, there's a few things that I'm learning on the fly, and this is one of the very interesting ones. Um, I personally thought that someone would want to come the first couple of classes, just learn technique, and then roll, right? Because that's like kind of what all the schools do. But then I realized a lot of these people would come and they wouldn't sign up. So, and then another type of guy that would come in, meatheads. Meatheads would come in, me and my partner, we would go light with them. We wouldn't try to hurt them, you know, just nice flow rolls. And then they would not sign up. What I realized that got people to sign up are when I beat the living shit out of people. Meatheads would come in jacked, like benching 405 thinking you know what i'm gonna fuck everybody up here they'll come in they'll get their asses handed to them by me and my partner and they'll be like that was fucking amazing i can't believe i just got whooped so bad and they sign up right on the spot it's an interesting marketing strategy that i would never have thought would work because looking back at it my first class i was allowed to roll And when I got beaten up by a 135-pound guy, I'm like, wow, this shit works. Let's sign up. So for all of you people who told me, don't let people train on the first day. Don't let them train until two, three months. Fuck y'all. What's up, guys? Sultan of Strangles here. Um, I just wanted to make a mental note. Some advice for you gym owners there. I know a lot of you guys like to be control freaks. You make all the rules. You every you can only teach. You know, blue belts can't teach. But I have built like a very, very cohesive bond within my students. And I feel like um, a way that I've done this, because I've been actually thanked for, for it, is delegating responsibilities. Like... I would never think that someone would thank me for giving them a responsibility, but people like it, man. So one thing is like, um, we take turns mopping the mats. So we rotate, I'll mop one day, my partner will mop, I'll ask a student to mop. Um, Let's say someone's taking a round off, I'll ask them, hey, can you please supervise the mat, make sure no one hits each other, make sure no one bumps into the walls. I'll I'll delegate blue and purple belts to, you know, show the white belts techniques. 
it's not just me controlling everything because I can't do it all. So I'm very comfortable delegating certain things to people. And people have come up to me after class and like, hey, man, I really appreciate you trusting me with this. I'm like, of course, dude, we're a fucking family, man. We're not just a gym. We're a fucking brotherhood. And I feel like it's really going in the right direction. So I just wanted to bring that up and see what you guys think. Just to add on to the other delegation of responsibilities. So one thing that I've kind of been overwhelmed with is um, I thought that teaching jujitsu was going to be teaching submissions, submission defense, etc. But it is much more uh, the molding of a human being. Um, I'm very proud to say that I've been able to take spazzy retards and turn them into calm, collected, um, not breaking under pressure athletes. And that takes time, man. And it takes a village to raise a kid. Um, so let's say someone comes in brand new day one and, uh, and I'm teaching class right? So this is a new person that I want to join the gym, right? Do I completely neglect the class of the paying members that are already paying me? Or do I concentrate on getting this new guy to join, right? This is why delegation is so important. And people will actually love you for delegating responsibilities. So I will take one of my purple belts, or one of my blue belts, and I'll say, hey, buddy, while I'm teaching class, could you please explain to this day one guy what mount is, what back attack, what back takes are, what half guard is while I teach class, right? So a lot of these other, you know, instructors who are control freaks like, I have to teach everything. I don't want blue belt teaching. But blue belt shouldn't teach. A blue belt is perfectly capable If you gave them their blue belt, a blue belt is perfectly capable of teaching a new person what mount is, what back mount is, what side control is, you know, maybe not the best to teach perfect braking mechanics, but the basics, I 100% trust a blue belt. So delegating responsibilities has helped me a lot and people have thanked me for that big time. Um, Now, another thing. I have a partner in this, Um, and I just wanted to talk about what characteristics you should look for when finding a business partner. So one thing I realized while I've been running my own gym is that America has a huge shortage. I think the actual world has a huge shortage of strong men. By strong man, I don't mean someone who makes a lot of money or someone who's uh, freaking famous. I'm talking about someone who has a set of values and sticks to them. A leader, someone physically strong, mentally strong, spiritually strong. Like growing up for me, I pretty much didn't respect any of my coaches. A lot of them were just assholes very weak weak men like they thought it was a good idea to bully little kids like it's it's really it's just pathetic like i had a football coach who we thought he was cool at the time like he would straight up punch us in the face 
and treat us like shit. Like, at the time, I thought it was cool, but now I'm like, wow, this guy was a fucking asshole. Like, if someone was overweight, instead of helping him lose weight, you would call him a fucking butterball and, like, really try to break them down. Um, lacrosse coaches would literally come to practice smelling like liquor. Imagine coming to teach a bunch of children 7 a.m. in the morning and you reek of fucking liquor. Like come on man coach being massively overweight if you're a martial artist a sports coach and you're morbidly obese not only are you giving yourself a bad rep you're giving the sport a bad rep i mean i'm a thick boy i'm i'm not fucking i don't have a six-pack but you put me in a tournament i could fight you know i'm not morbidly obese i'm chunky but i'm not morbidly obese um and values like i know a lot of fathers they'll if they if they see their kids slacking off study open a book stop being lazy so this is the approach i take and i've had a couple of students who i got their ass back into training because i call people and when you miss training i call you where you been because i care it's not one of those stupid where have you been emails hey buddy where have you been lost motivation man uh, just playing video games i'm like why have you lost motivation he's like you know have a lot of things going on well what do you have going on and then they told me the story which is personal and i'm like listen let me tell you about my life bro i've i've been through some very dark shit and believe it or not you can actually combat these horrible things happening in your life and train at the same time actually training will help you deal with your problems in life in a much better way and i got him back in the gym i had another guy he was super just not focused on you know what he wanted to do and i told him listen you may not know what you want to do in life but let me tell you something you're good at jujitsu you're you're definitely an asset to this team find something and work hard towards it if you don't know what it is work hard towards something in the meantime sitting home and doing video games will do absolutely fucking nothing with for you and i got him back in you know a lot of these people they just don't have positive male role models in their life like whether it be a father or a big brother and me in my life i just never respected anyone i never had a mentor i never had like a coach that i really looked up to and i feel like that neglect that i've gotten i'm able to make up for it by giving that to my students and it's truly a beautiful feeling to give somebody what you never had you know um and that's my goal I'm not just here to make people good at jujitsu. I'm here to make people good at life. You know what I mean? I'm here to be your fucking therapist. I'm here to be your leader. Okay? So it's so much more. It is so much more than just jujitsu for me. When looking for a business partner, depending on what the business is, I feel like the two most important characteristics are hard work and integrity now you could teach anyone sales right you could teach anyone sales you could teach anyone marketing some people are better than it than others like me i'm just a natural people person marketing 
sales just comes naturally to me but it is something you can teach someone you could read books on sales and get better at it right but you have to hard work and integrity are two things that i feel like are embedded in you you know it takes many 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 years to to uh, gain these things integrity is something you just have innately hard work is something uh, like a value that you could actually um, learn, but it takes a long time. Like a lot of these people say, you can't teach heart. I'm like, yes, you can. Just sign in your kid up for wrestling. He'll know the meaning of heart real quick. So my partner is a roughneck, white, blue collar kid from Jersey, you know. And when I decided to partner with him, it was because we trained together all summer literally three times a day seven days a week and he never missed a fucking session there were so many mornings and so many evenings where we went to our spot where we were training and nobody showed up but me and him showed up every time and i'm like if i run a business i need someone with this type of dedication um integrity uh i i'm obviously a tax accountant for those you who don't know um, and I've seen so many businesses crumble because of greed, because of lack of integrity, because of theft. Um, and my partner does not have that. Um, there have been several cases where me and him were dealing with money together and he always was honest. I even tested him a couple of times and he was always honest. He's a very honest person. My boy, Sean Daddy Marco, aka Sean Daddy Marco. Go give him a follow on Instagram at, at Y A D I M A R C O. He's doing Pan American Championships tomorrow. And when he wins that gold medal, he's bringing it back to Immortals Jiu Jitsu. And y'all will be signing up real shortly. So there is an age old question in Jiu Jitsu. And that is, do you allow new guys to train or not? When I mean train, I mean training live, sparring. Um, so first, I'm going to tell you my opinion. I absolutely allow it because the first time I walked into a jujitsu gym, when I got my fucking ass handed to me by a 130-pound Filipino guy, over and over, I knew that the sport this martial art was effective the workout i got from it was even better that is what made me join okay now um i have never i have never had someone come up to me after class and say whoa you know that drilling we did the the repetitive drilling we did for 45 minutes that was so much fun where do I sign up? No, doesn't happen that way. Um, when I was first starting jujitsu, the gyms that did not allow white belts to spar, I just straight up didn't join. I could never imagine going every day to jujitsu, drilling techniques, and then leaving. That's me. I think that's fucking retarded. And a lot of schools do it, and a lot of schools are successful. I might be wrong. All right, I might be fucking wrong. There are some super successful schools out there that 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 is the rule, and they're obviously doing something right. But just for me, man, 
I would have never joined. I would have never started jujitsu if they didn't let me go live. Um, so if you're a new white belt day one, I never let you go with other white belts. You have to go with higher belts, blues and purples, because they know what they're doing. They know how to not get hurt. They know how to not hurt you. Okay. Number two, real life applicable, applicable to real life. Um, if you train jujitsu live and you see it works, that is that's what's going to make you join. For me, if I saw it on TV, yeah, it's cool, but I want to feel it if I want to join. I'll never forget my first jujitsu lesson. It was so much fun. Literally a bunch of guys just freaking going 100%, just sparring. Man, I'll never forget that night. And I signed up that first night because I was so mesmerized by it. Um, it shows them how hard to work at. I know people who are triathletes, uh, long distance runners, like genuinely good shape. They come to jujitsu and get smoked. And when they see how amazing the workout is, they sign up. So that's another reason. Uh, it shows them the power of jujitsu. Now, here are some arguments against it. Obviously, you come in day one. Uh, you don't know what you're doing. If you're going against another white belt, he doesn't know what he's doing. The risk of injury is high, which is, again, why I don't allow white belts to go with white belts. Number two, it discourages training sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to go live. And I give people that option. Hey, you just started. Totally cool. Watch for as long as you want. And when you're ready, when you're mentally ready, I'll put you against a higher belt. You guys go light. No one's going to get hurt. Three. It's pretty intimidating for some people. They see people getting choked out, their arms extended. They're not, they, they might not want to. And that might make them not want to join. So if I see someone who is a freaking accountant, older guy, I say, hey, man, feel free to watch. Enjoy the class. Whatever you want, you can go live. If I see a freaking meathead with steam coming out of his ears and he can't wait to go, obviously, I'm going to let him roll, you know? So that's 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 some that's how I feel about people rolling on the first day. Now, the moment I've been waiting to talk about this entire podcast is the worst types of people that you will ever run into when you are running a gym. These people are worse than Satan himself. Okay. As you guys know, I'm a very friendly guy. I respond to everyone, but people will take full fucking advantage of this and not realize that you have a business to run, not realize that you have a life and that the time you're giving them is valuable. People will not fucking realize that. These are the people that will ask you a thousand questions and then not sign up. Um... Hey, is it gi or no gi? It's both. Um, hey, uh, uh, what days of the week? Um, it's on the flyer. I sent you the flyer last week. Oh, oh, okay. Um, what belt are you? Purple belt, but I compete at the expert division and so does my um, business partner. And we're giving cutting edge techniques. Um, um... Uh, what what should we wear to class? Um, no gi attire or gi attire on the days we have gi. Um, um, how much is membership? 
Well, you could come in and take your first class, and then we'll talk about that later. Um, um, is it gi or no gi? Uh, I, I actually res- responded to this several times and told you, whoa, whoa, why the hostility, bro? Because we've been talking for weeks and you say you're going to come in, but then you make excuses for not coming in. They'll say, yeah, I'll come Monday. Sorry, couldn't make it. All right, come Wednesday. Oh, sorry, couldn't make it. And this will go for two weeks. And then they'll just never sign up. But they ended up taking hours and hours of your time. I literally had a guy tell me, you know, I don't have enough money to pay for training. I said, listen, come in. We'll work something out. Uh, You know, I, I don't like to turn away people for money. Still didn't come. Still got mad at me when I said, listen, just either come in or that's it. I can't keep talking about this. And then they blocked me. It's like people don't understand that your time is valuable. And when they're just giving you the runaround, it's, it's the worst. It used to be this way when I tried to get friends to train, but I had nothing invested in it. Just wanted to bring them in to train. They'll make every excuse. They'll not come. And then it's just a waste of your time and their time. Now, I've heard this from many gym owners that if someone, the first question someone asks you is the gym price, then they are probably not going to join. I've been experimenting with that. Sometimes I'll tell people what the price is and it's pretty low for membership to my gym. Uh, I'm making it low just so I could get a lot of students and later on we're gonna uh, we're gonna raise it. Uh, but what, what, the proto, what the protocol is for most gyms is to come in, check the gym out, take a class, and then they talk about sign-up prices. I've been experimenting with this. But I can tell after a month of bullshitters and people who waste time who is serious and who is not. Like two examples of very serious students of mine are my boys Randy and Ron. They told me, hey, we want to compete in jujitsu. We see that you compete. I want to, uh, I definitely want to come in and give it a shot. I said, yes, please. We have class at Monday. Come in. They come in. They take the class. They sign up. Minimum time wasted. They're very serious and they're progressing very well right now. One of them even paid me a couple of months up front. So, so you could tell. You learn a lot running a gym just about who's bullshitting you and who's serious. And it's been a learning process for me, but I'm super grateful for the students that I have. So the next topic I want to talk about that I've dealt with is drop-in whores. You'll see at a lot of top gyms, their drop-in rates are very high. And I always wondered, I'm like, hmm, why are the rates so high? Isn't this discouraging people from trying out the gym? And I realized, no, it's to discourage drop-in whores. People will um, come to your gym, not sign up, and just pay the drop-in fee whenever they want to come in. This is cool for a little bit, but once you see someone dropping in once or twice a week, every week, but they don't want to sign up, that kind of brings up a red flag. So if you are a member at another gym and you would like to drop in, that's totally cool. I'm totally okay with that. But if you are not a member of any gym and you're dropping in, that brings up some red flags. And what a lot of gym owners will do is, hey, at that point, like, hey, you got to either sign up or find another gym. 
because we can't keep doing this because, you know, now they know your competitors, what they're doing. They're seeing your techniques. Um, you know, it, it's just not, it's not the best situation. Now, I'm part of the Henzo Gracie affiliate family. I had someone tell me that they were training at a Henzo Gracie school. So I charge a, a, a discounted rate for the drop-in. And uh, little did I know that um, they were not, were never, they were never training at the Henzo Gracie affiliate school. They would come in, they would get gassed right away. I could tell they didn't train. And then when I hit up my friend who also trained there, like, yeah, this guy came a few months ago, hasn't been around in months. And then when we have that talk, it's not going to be a good talk because you lied to me um, and you're just not being a decent person. So that's fucked up. Now, let's say there's a serial drop-in guy. Um, how can you convert someone from a drop-in guy to a full-time student? What I do is, hey, I notice you're coming X amount of times a week. You can you could definitely improve, but if you want to compete, if you want to actually get in shape, you're gonna have to come more than that. And being part of a team, competing under a banner, you're gonna get a lot more out of that than just dropping in once a week or once every two weeks. Um, I like having that talk. I'd rather do that than charge a very high rate for drop-ins. And yeah, you learn a lot about your business and about the people that come into your business. You also learn about which one of your friends are good people and which ones are shitheads. So the ones that were training with me all summer when I was sticking my neck out um, for them, like once their gyms opened back up, never came back again. Uh, I noticed my friends who seriously support me, you know, I don't say you have to, I say optional drop in. It's not mandatory, but they will always usually give the $20 drop in. Then you see who doesn't really care. The one that'll come four, five, six times and never give a dime to you or your business partner. You kind of see who really supports you and who doesn't. Okay. Now, um, the next topic I wanted to talk about is integrity and not stepping on other people's toes. Now, for some odd reason, for some odd reason, 90% of jujitsu gyms are mostly in the gi. I don't know why. Because the gi is so fucking boring. I prefer no gi. My business partner prefers no gi. I'm trying to corner the no gi market. And it's doing very well. A lot of people are joining because of that. Right? Now, every once in a while, I will run into someone who is currently a member at another gym. And I want to run my business with integrity. I want to have respect for the surrounding gyms. Uh, so I, if, I, if someone's a member at another gym, I'll usually call the owner or text the owner or at least hit up a member of that gym. Be like, hey, so-and-so wanted to sign up. Are you okay with that? If this is a predominantly gi school and their student wants to come train no gi, that's cool. If... If they uh, are okay with cross-training, that's cool. I've had a couple instructors say they're not okay with that and that they wanted to have a talk with their student before they signed up. 
and that student had to make a decision to either stay at their school or come to my school. But at the end of the day, I made the fucking phone call. You know, I did not uh, quote unquote poach someone's student. Um, now, one more thing. If like my my affiliate were not okay with like com- competing teams signing up at two gyms. So for example, like someone trained, signed up at Marcelo's and Henzo's. I don't think that would ever work. But let's say someone um, is an MMA fighter at a local school and they want to come work on their nogi at my school. That's totally cool, you know? So you got to be aware of that. Some schools only allow schools from one banner to cross-train there. Uh, some schools allow anyone to cross-train. I want my doors to be open for everyone as long as their instructor and my affiliates and my instructors are okay with it. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Opening a gym, the one-month review. Nothing in what I said in this episode uh, should be taken as advice because I have only been opening, I've been open for a month now. So this is just me talking about my thoughts, maybe later on when my gym is super successful, uh, then you could take it out as advice. But it's doing pretty good for the first month. Um, I will be interviewing an actual highly successful gym owner, Tom DeBlas, next week. And that should be a really awesome um, episode. We're not going to be shooting the shit. It's going to be strictly about running a successful gym and how to run one. He has over 400 students, one of the most successful gyms in America. Uh, This should be a a good one. So make sure to listen with your uh, notebooks and pen in hand because there's going to be a shit ton of knowledge in this one. Um, So if you haven't already, make sure to follow me on at K-O-O-L-R-A-K. Make sure to follow the school at at Immortals Jiu Jitsu and make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at at Rambling with Rack. I finally hired someone to do the website for me because I just it was it's I just don't have enough knowledge to do this myself. So that'll be done by the end of the week. The website is sultanofstrangles.com. Uh, make sure to visit it to buy your t-shirts and hoodies. Uh, Sultan of Strangles t-shirts. Uh, hoodies are in stock as well as Immortals Jiu Jitsu hoodies. For now, before the website's set up, please send me a direct message on Instagram to purchase one today. Hope you'll have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and thank you so much for the overwhelming support.